Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So the power of will, the power of will is what we're talking about this month. And um, I feel compelled to clarify something first. And it's very interesting, the language, Laura, that you used today, because uh, it's not meant to contradict what you offered today, but it's meant to perhaps clarify something today. And for me, that is the difference between will, willingness, and willpower. He is a good driver, yes. I have, yes. I have no doubt, I have no idea who he is, but I have no doubt, I only know who he is because of you. Um, we get confused a lot of times, I think, because you, you, often you oftentimes hear, oh, if it's God's will or if it's the will of God, right? Well, what is the will of God? That's the thing. Do you really know what the will of God is? I'm looking to see if anybody has an answer. It's a, I'll let it be rhetorical today. Do you know what the will of God is? Because I'll tell you what, I've been a minister for uh, more than a decade now. I have no idea what the will of God is, except pure joy and love. That's what I've chosen to understand as the will of God. And so how do I fit into this equation as a full expression of God, which is what we all are? How do I fit into that expression? I think that the way I fit into that expression is through my willingness to be the expression of pure love and joy. And so for me, it's more about the power of willingness than the power of will. Because when we say the power of will, oftentimes that gets us into a determined state of mind and we confuse that will or that willingness with willpower where I must change things. Where we feel like we have to, uh, and here comes the title, to coerce the law. We have to coerce God into doing something for us. So the whole message today is what is your approach to this thing called life? Is it cooperation or coercion? Because we can be in absolute cooperation with the nature of our being, which is pure love and joy. And guess what happens when we are in cooperation with that? From that point of view, life magnificently unfolds. I hold this to be true in my heart. This is how I choose to approach my entire life. It is a belief that I have adopted in my own life experience. And I'm not here, you know, I didn't say it this morning, uh, but oftentimes I will say, I am not here to tell you what to believe. That's not my job. I'm not here to teach belief. I'm here to offer a teaching which you get to either adopt or not as a belief. But it's up to you. That's the power of will. It's up to you to have choice in your life. It is up to you to say, this is what I choose and the power of will allows me to make a commitment to this in my life and let's see how it unfolds. Because what I have found is that through spiritual practice, through the adoption of pure joy and love in my heart, oh, life has just gotten so much better. It just has. Because I don't spend all of my time thinking about the, well, what if? Even though all of society wants me to think about the, well, what if? 
I'm tired of thinking about the well, what if. I don't need to think about the well, what if. I am here to be a magnificent expression of joy and love and nothing else, and nothing will shake me from that. And the good news is, that's my beingness. I don't need to coerce spirit into making anything happen to allow me to live through love and joy. I just need to adopt love and joy as the central focus of my habitual thinking and that habitual belief system and tap into what it is I feel in relationship to those thoughts and beliefs because the feeling is the thing that is going to put it out there and motivate it into expression. Winnell's squirming you're, you're loving this, aren't you? <laughs> so coercion. Coercion is manipulation. We do not need to do that because here's the other thing about coercion. Coercion takes a lot of energy. It takes, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes a lot of energy. Have you ever tried to coerce somebody into doing something they didn't want to do? <laughs> Don't do that. Because I'll tell you what, it's not going to work out in the long run. Same thing goes with God. Don't try to coerce God into being something or do something because ultimately the minute you let the energy dissipate, the minute you stop trying to coerce and put all that energy into it, it's going to go back to what it was, which is its natural state of being. Now, the thing is we can create through coercion, but creating through coercion never lasts. And so part of what we are looking to do in the New Thought philosophy is adopt a cooperative state of mind to be in the flow. You ever hear about that? We always talk about, oh, we want to be in the flow, right? Being in the flow is not being in the flow. (laughs) When we are in the flow of pure joy and love, what better life could there be? Now, I also want to acknowledge the fact that we carry with us lots of things from our past, and we believe those things from our past. Anyone have uh, some beliefs that they carry from their past? I'm like, if every hand does not go up, I will be very surprised, because here's the thing. I'm the minister. I still carry stuff from my past, but what I have learned through this philosophy and through spiritual practice is that the degree of willingness I have to look at those things and determine whether or not they are working for me is the path I have to allowing myself to be in the flow of pure joy and love. And if it's not working for me, then it is up to me to do the work to release it, to shed it, to let it go, to be done with it once and for all. I don't need to coerce it out of my life. I need to cooperate with the center of my being, which is pure love and joy. So cooperation is about being in the flow. It is not about giving over to the external world of circumstance. It's easy to do that too. Or even the notion, here's this, it's not even about the notion of giving over to, the, to a supernatural being out there watching us all the time, whether you're good or bad. God is not Santa Claus. But we treat it like Santa Claus as though it's going to bestow on us gifts if we're good people. And let's, once and for all, let go of that notion because that is not at all what we teach in New Thought. We do not teach that you can get what you want in New Thought. But that's what I was promised. (laughs) What we do teach is that you get 
what you are equal to in mind and in heart. So if you are looking to change something in your experience, it is about letting go of that which is contrary to it in mind and in heart. God is not a supernatural being out there with whims and desires. It is the creative energy at the core of each and every one of us. And every aspect of our expression is God in motion, in expression, in form. There can be nothing separate from the infinite. And so if we are willing to be in the flow with that magnificent creative energy, then we are absolutely living through the power of willingness. And our willingness, our willingness is what directs this creative energy with grace and with ease. And I think that we should allow it to be graceful and easeful. In some ways, willingness does work hand in hand with the power of release. That's the power in November. The power of release. I want to talk about the power of release a little bit. On June 19th, 2011, I came to Unity of Tucson for a service. I was not yet a minister. I was about to be a minister because I became a minister at the end of July 2011. But I was visiting Tucson from, I, I, most of you know, I grew up here. So I was visiting family. I came back to Tucson. And, it, uh, and I was living in L.A., came to visit. June 19th, 2011. I came to the service. I met Larry and Mary Ellen. No, I actually only met Larry. Mary Ellen was not there that day. And uh, Larry was the previous minister, for those of you who may not know that. And it was lovely. I loved the service. I think, Linda, I'm sure you were there. Yeah. And uh, I remember sitting. I was right there, right about where Deborah, Deborah Roberts, right where Deborah Roberts is. <laughs> That's about where we sat. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm about to be a minister, and I'm so excited. And I was like, what do I want to create? Mm, see, there's the energy starting to ramp up, the coercive energy. What do I want to create? How, what kind of minister do I want to be? What kind of church do I want to have? And I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Yes, 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 yes. And I got through the whole service. And after the service, I went and I walked to the labyrinth. Walked to the labyrinth. And I remember standing at the middle of the labyrinth after making my way into the center and realizing I had to let go in order to allow the ministry that was waiting for me. In that moment, I had a light that came through, and I thought to myself, I looked at this magnificent property, and I thought, while I don't expect I will ever move back to Tucson, <laughs> I recognize this as an avatar for what can be in my ministry. One of the things I had to do was be willing to release what was, which was I had been working through ministerial studies as the administrator for my church. I went to my boss, my minister, and I said, I have to leave this job when I become a minister. Otherwise, I will always be an administrator for this church. And if I'm going to step into ministry, I have to leave. So I made myself available to the potential, and I extended myself a vision of what I thought it could be without going into that place of coercing it into being. I allowed myself to release the energy of manipulation and open up to the grace and ease of infinite creative energy to allow something to flow forth. 
And so what happened is on July 31st, the day that I opened my letter that said, you are a minister, I went on Facebook because that's what you do to celebrate, right? I go onto Facebook and I wrote, I passed. I mean, it's a big deal. It's, you know, uh, more than six years of study to become a minister in this, in this tradition. And so super excited. And I'm like, I'm, I passed. I'm open. Come on, world, make it happen. Come on, universe, make it happen. And I got a message back that day from a friend of mine who was living in Toronto, Ontario, who said, congratulations, our minister resigned two weeks ago and we need a new minister. <laughs> People always ask me, how did you end up in Canada? That's how I ended up in Canada. Literally, the day I became a minister, Canada reached out to me and said, come on up. <laughs> I didn't expect that to get a pause. Okay, I'll take it. Um, do I think that would have happened if I had tried to willpower it into happening? Absolutely not. I had to be open and available to the infinite potential that is the divine power, the infinite divine essence, to flow through and create the possibility for me and bring it into expression. And it has to be rooted in knowing who I am. Charles Fillmore wrote this, the will is the executive faculty of the mind and carries out the edicts of the I am. What we're talking about is the willingness is the thing itself that propels creation into being. And your willingness to be in that flow is a willingness that will bring into your expression and experience exactly what you are equal to. It's always doing it whether you know it is or not. That's the thing, uh, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use this word. That's the thing that sucks about new thought is it requires us to look at what our lives are and determine whether or not we want to keep living that life. And then you know who's responsible for turning it around and changing the life we live? Not God, not anybody else. It is up to us to say, this is not what I am equal to. I choose to not be equal to the hardship or the heartache any, heartache any longer. I choose to step into something new here, and, here now and evermore. And that today I choose to be pure love and joy. So the will is the executive faculty of the mind and carries out the edicts of the I am. That is essentially saying, remember who you are. Remember who you are. In Exodus, or for those of you who may not be so scripturally oriented, or orientated or oriented, in the Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston goes to Mount Sinai. <laughs> and he has an experience up there, right? And he's, he, there's a burning bush. And, he's, and, and, and it's the voice of God. And, 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 and Charlton Heston as Moses, or Moses in Exodus, asks a question. Well, how will, I let every, how will I let everyone know who you are? Like, how do I prove to them? How do I prove that these words, these commandments, that this is from God? And what does God respond? Tell them, I am what I am. Remember that in the Ten Commandments? That's how we often know the story. I am that I, I, said, I think I said what? I am that I am. There's actually uh, something slightly off about that. Because in the original Hebrew, it's not quite I am 
that I am. In Hebrew, it is, I will be what I will be. I will be what I will be, which implies choice, which implies that we all can align ourselves with the understanding of the great infinite divine power and live from that point of view in choice. For me, there's also an alignment in this with the quantum aspect of creation. Now I'm getting into quantum physics. Did you know you were going to get Old Testament and quantum physics all on the same day? In quantum physics, there is a theory about creation. And the theory about creation is that this is what happens, that we exist in a wave of potentiality, a quantum wave of potential, of potentiality, of possibility. And the way that possibility or potentiality comes into expression and being is that the wave is collapsed through our observation. Now, our observation can be motivated by the willingness we have in mind to see life in a particularized way. So if you're looking to change your life, you don't have to work so darn hard at it any longer. All we have to do is change our mind, change our belief, and change that feeling that surrounds it so that we can collapse that wave into the expression of life that we would like to have. Frequently, what happens, though, is we collapse that wave with all sorts of stuff that we bring from our past, and we, we apply it to the wave. And so the wave can't quite create what it is we want to create. And so our work is to let that stuff go. we got to let that stuff go. If it is not serving you, let it go. And if it is serving you, continue to allow it to serve you. Because we often talk about, oh, we got to let go of the past. we got to let go of the past. Without ever acknowledging that there are good things that we bring into our experience from the past. Aren't there? Let the good things inform your present and your future. That's totally okay. We don't have to let it all go. Just let go of the stuff that doesn't work. You know, for some reason, we are trained to not trust that inner willingness. We're trained to not trust inner willingness. It's what society tells us. Oh, you got to watch out. You got to be careful. You can't trust too much. You can't do this. You can't do that. No, 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 no. We are, we are living in a sea of no. So what will it take today for you to be the absolute yes to your life and the way you choose to be and the way you choose to express without looking at the opinion of anybody else because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It absolutely does not. Thank you for bringing that up too, Laura. I also love that Henry Ford quote. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Many find their way to the New Thought teaching to reclaim that sense of power through willingness. I think that's one of the, I, mean, I talk a lot about the things that drew me to this teaching. That's one of them. I was like, oh, I can actually create a magnificent life for myself. I get to collapse the infinite wave of quantum potential as long as I cooperate with the infinite law of creation. I don't need to coerce the infinite law of creation. And it's so much easier than trying to make my life happen. It's going to be really hard to sing a high note later because I'm doing this growly thing. So, my question is this, what will you cooperate into being today? What choice can you make today to cooperate something into being? What is our state of willingness offering in support of the betterment of our lives? 
And can we be, here's the thing, can we be willing without comparing our willingness to our past selves or even to anybody else? Can you let that go? Because I'll tell you, there is absolute infinite freedom in letting that happen. What if we were willing to be done with the dogma and the rules? Not just in religion or in past faith traditions, but all the dogma and the rules that we have adopted that we carry with us like a weight. What if we were willing to be done with those? To say something is wanting to happen here so extraordinary that it cannot be quelled if I am open to allowing and being in the flow with it. You have a mind. You have a mind. Your mind is a share of the infinite mind, so the choice is yours. Simple, not always easy. But you know how you make it easy? You start looking at the things that you've decided make it not easy, and you say, I refute you. I don't need to carry on with this conscious awareness of not easy. I get to turn it around and say something new, but it's going to take work. It's going to take work. So... Ask yourself, what convinces me that something is difficult or impossible? Because that's the thing we don't look at. We just, we just accept things as difficult or impossible. But have you, ever, have you ever stopped to think, what has proven to me that this is difficult or impossible? Once you uncover that, address it. Make a determination in that moment as to whether or not you want to continue to allow it to be active in your life. Big question, is that true? Is that true? It requires a deep dive because it may bring up stuff that's going to be very uncomfortable for you. But if you have a willingness, I guarantee you life gets better on the other side of it. So what if we were willing to accept that we are the only creator of our reality? We are the only creator of our reality. Nothing out there is creating our reality. We are the creator of our reality. And question what we have been taught. Question any agreement we may have made throughout our life that says this, you are a victim. What if we were willing to question that? Because here's the thing about a victim consciousness. Victims require perpetrators. And as long as we move through life with a victim consciousness, guess what? Everything in our life becomes the perpetrator to our victimization because we've decided and willed it into being through a consciousness. Taking charge means we do not blame our past. We do not blame others. We do not blame Taking charge means responsibility, our ability to respond in this moment and know the truth of how we will move forward. What if we were willing to let go of our triggers? Anyone got triggers? <laughs> what if we were willing to let them go once and for all? Because here's the thing about triggers. We installed the trigger. We're the only ones who can uninstall that trigger. One trigger for many who come to New Thought is the word God. That's a trigger for a lot of people who come to New Thought because they have 
an old idea from past religious experience that says this is what God is. And so they come to New Thought churches and they hear me get up here and say, God, 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 God. I talk about God all the time. I am a minister after all. (laughs) Part of it is letting go of the trigger of the word because the word is just the word. The meaning behind the word is what is important. And if you are willing to adopt a new meaning, then you can adopt the word. Spend less energy fighting language and more energy being focused on the principle behind the language. What if we were willing to see beyond the pain of others, to let go of defining others by their pain and see only through the lens of compassion? There is a call in this spiritual community to do just that. It's the first two words of our mission statement. Love only. Love only. That is looking past the perception of pain in others. What if we were truly willing, truly willing to forgive everything? To find spiritual understanding and let spiritual understanding be the path to forgiveness, allowing us to release regrets, to release judgments, to release blame, and to let go of the opinions of others that we so often bring upon ourselves. I hear this opinion of what this person has to say. You know, I, here's the thing. You ever have the experience of everybody's telling you how great you are? Oh, I've got 99 people telling me how great I am. Anyone have that experience? But that one person who says, oh, so great, that's the one we listen to. And that's the one that we take to heart. And that's the one that brings our whole day down. That's why it's important to not listen to the opinions of others, whether we call them good or call them bad. They do not matter, and the opinions of others say more about other people than they do about you. Let those things go. They don't matter. What if we were willing to accept ourselves as the architects of our own salvation? There is no salvation required when we know who we are. But many people find themselves in faith traditions that are saying, you require salvation. There is no salvation required. What are we trying to save ourselves from? Well, I'll tell you what I try to save myself from. I try to save myself from all the erroneous thoughts that I continue to carry in my life. That's the only thing I need saving from. And the only person who can do that for me is me. There is no salvation required when we know who we are. Right where we are, we create the outer experiences of our lives, rooted in the inner life of thought, belief, and feeling. So what will you create today? This, to me, is being in cooperation with the infinite as opposed to trying to coerce the infinite. This is the power of will, the power of willingness. Perhaps that is the way to better consider it, the power of willingness, and you are worthy of the benefits it offers. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. If you are new to our community, this is the point where I give homework. Um, I give homework each week because 
That's how I choose to invite our community to make this a practice, a practical spiritual philosophy. Um, so the homework this week is sort of similar to last week's where I said, disrupt those thoughts. That's what I offered last week. This week, I'm inviting each and every one of us to every single day review our spiritual practice. To review our spiritual practice. What is the approach? How are we involved in spiritual practice? Look at your spiritual practice each day and make a determination whether or not it is continuing to serve you. And if it is not continuing to serve you, find something new. If you choose to release it, replace it with something else. This is all born in a willingness, a willingness to let this philosophy work for you perhaps better today than it ever has in the past. And it doesn't matter if it worked for you 10 years ago. If it's not working for you now, shift it. Remember, you are in charge. Nothing outside of you has power over you. That's the truth.